0: We will get to the legacy of Frank Gilliam. We will talk about other Viking and NFL issues, but let's be honest. Uh, the biggest story facing the Minnesota Vikings right now is not Justin Jefferson, because we all think that deal is going to be done. It's not Kirk Cousins, because we all know that deal's not going to be addressed until next year. The biggest story of the summer is Daniil Hunter. Great player. has uh, been a good citizen, a good teammate. No red flags. Uh, is due to make about $5 million in base salary this year, coming off a double-digit sack year, has been historically good. He's only 28, uh, seems to be past the injuries that worried people. Uh, let's talk about what happens next with him and what should happen next. Uh, this is the Viking Update Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. John Krasinski from The Athletic. Is with me. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Brandon Morton is our longtime producer. Best way to listen to this show or any show on the network: subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It's easy. Also, I highly recommend listening to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. He's been a general manager, team president. He's worked in the media. He's worked with agents. Great perspective on all these negotiations and how they should breakdown. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to Aquarius. Thanks to TSR Injury Law and thanks to Star Bank. So Jeff Diamond did say something really interesting on that podcast last week, John, and that was if both sides actually want a deal to get done, it's a very easy deal to get. There's so many different ways you can structure contracts, so many different lengths you can go to, uh, so many different ways you can protect your salary cap. Uh, you know, you can avoidable years. There's just so many games you can play if you want the player. So the question is, with the deal not done yet and them not talking about him in the same certain terms they talk talk about when it comes to Justin Jefferson, uh, what do you think is going on? And do you think a deal is going to get done?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I will say that um, we have seen instances like this over and over again, over the many years that we've covered this team, this league, other leagues. And even though I have covered so many of them, I tend to, in the initial stages of, of things as, as either the player or the team. And in this case, Daniel Hunter, the player seems to be escalating sort of the, 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 engagement in terms of, you know, not showing up, letting people know that hey, this is the, I'm, I'm very, I'm really not happy here. When, whenever that happens initially, I'm just like, Oh man, this, this isn't going to work out. Like the, these, these guys, you know, are Vikings are gonna have to trade him. We're going to have to, um, you know, figure out a way to, to make up for his pass rushing ability. And I'm always kind of a uh, pessimistic right away. Now there are plenty of instances where, things like this have happened and the two sides come together, find a way to, to, to make it work and amicably move forward. And that's certainly the possibility here with Danielle Hunter, but there's just something about this whole situation that makes me feel like it's going to be a little harder to solve than Jeff uh, kind of uh, illustrated. I mean, um, you know, just for a a very small example, uh, the our our athletic Vikings beat writer, Alec Lewis, who is on the ground with with them every single day um, and 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 really he has a, a good pulse on things, put out his recently put out his 53 man roster projection and Daniel Hunter was not on it. Um, and so, you know, that's a small thing. But then just there are bigger signs that this is a a situation where I think both sides are, are kind of dug in. And and so, um, I am leaning more toward, it looks like this is not going to be resolved and they'll have to find another way with through a trade or something else to make things happen. Um, and, uh, and, and, and move on without Daniil Hunter. What do you think?
0: I think, I think at this point you can say everybody's right. Uh, I think if both sides want a deal, it is an easy deal to get done. You know, the Vikings just boost his pay for this year, voidable years, or, they, or if they really want to sign him long-term, they can pay him big money long-term. There's always a way to make it work. But I think you're right in that it feels different. It feels more complicated than that. Uh, Daniel Hunter expressing displeasure publicly. Uh, that's not a good sign. Usually it's best when you just let your agents handle things, uh, not showing up even to do kind of a, just say, okay, I'm I'm going to stand over here mm-hmm. to show you that I'm involved. I want to learn the defense. I'm just not going to put myself at injury risk. That would be a very reasonable way to handle this. Daniel decided not to take that approach. And the Vikings, the Vikings talk about Justin Jefferson as if the deal could get done any minute, just a matter of, you know, right. going through all the small fine print. They don't talk about Daniel Hunter in the same way. So, I think there is a lot of smoke. I also think there's a lot of fire. Now, what you know, I've covered a million negotiations during my time too. These things are always like one good phone call away mm-hmm. from being resolved, and that phone call could happen at any time. The Vikings could call a punter's agent and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, it is time to get this done. Here's what we're offering, and if it's a reasonable offer that the, the, the both sides can negotiate off, that can get done in time for training camp. I just it just feels different." And I also think it's really interesting that national NFL media who usually have league sources and sources in the agencies and with the players association uh, started talking about people calling the Vikings to, you know, to do a a trade with Hunter. That doesn't mean that the Vikings were looking to trade him. It means that word is out among agents that Daniel Hunter is not happy and it's worth looking into.
1: Well, and so here there's a couple of things here. um, I think that, we need to examine in terms of why might this not work? What what is preventing the two sides from coming together? And I do think that the the first and foremost thing is that it seems like the kind of football that Daniil Hunter wants to play and, and is his best at and what the Vikings want out of their defensive ends and and rush ends are a little divergent, right? I mean, um, it is clear with Justin Jefferson that the scheme and the player, the approach, the philosophies, all fits perfectly. Like, that is exactly the kind of player that Kevin O'Connell wants in an offense that can maximize him and will feature him in the perfect ways to make him incredibly productive and to make the Vikings a very difficult offense to stop. With Daniil Hunter, he was a Mike Zimmer draft pick. He was he has done his best work in the 4-3 um as a traditional rush pass rush defensive end. Now he had a very productive and good season last year, played all 17 games. 10 and a half sacks coming off of the injury like that was all really encouraging in my mind. But I think when you look at what the Vikings want in now a more 3-4 oriented scheme with Hunter essentially as that rush end linebacker type of a player who is dropping more into space and coverage sometimes, but also getting after the quarterback and trying to stop the run. Um, I think that this could be a situation where Hunter may want to dig in a little bit further in case it can force his way to a situation where he is maybe better suited to play because he was as productive as any defensive end almost ever um, in that, in that previous scheme. And then the Vikings meanwhile are maybe trying to think, Hey, do we, do we really want to invest hugely in this player when maybe he's not the perfect fit for what we want out of that position i think there's so i think both sides you know respect each other and like each other and 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 value each other but there's just a little bit of uh, friction in terms of is daniel hunter the perfect player for this defense and is this defense the perfect fit for daniel hunter and i think that might be driving a little bit of a wedge into these negotiations
0: I agree. I agree with everything you just said. I will also say, and this might sound very analog, very basic, and it probably is, but I think if you're Brian Flores, you can find a way to use Daniil Hunter. You can right. find a way, to, and and he's – he's he's. of course you want sacks out of him and pressures, but he's also so fast and so athletic, you can use him in a lot of different ways. I could see Brian Flores moving him all over the place, creating good matchups. Without him, I don't know that they have a player – you know i always go back to what you know tony dungy told me when he was the vikings defensive coordinator he said i don't need great players everywhere i don't need great talent everywhere to build a good defense but i need one guy who commands the attention of the opposing offense and the opposing offensive coordinator because if i have that one chess piece that one you know ultra powerful chess piece then I'm then the offense has to worry about him, and then that makes the offense more predictable for me. And without Daniil Hunter, I'm not sure who that guy is.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't care, you know, let's let's just say they trade him, and usually some sort of a deal this late in the offseason would – you would think that the highlight of the package in return for the Vikings would likely be draft picks, right? Mm -hmm. A pick or picks or whatever, however you want to do it. Um, So you're not getting immediate help for this defense if you trade Neil Hunter. It's unlikely. And is there another pass rusher uh, out there who is available, who you can slot in? that is anywhere close to Daniel Hunter's physical talents and, and just like his, uh, familiarity with his teammates and, and, and everything. No, not nowhere close. You might be able to get there. There there will be pass rushers available likely, um, uh, on the street or, or, you know, maybe even via another trade or something like that, but it's not going to be Daniel Hunter, uh, from a physical and, and just talent standpoint. So, uh, if you let hunter go all of a sudden this defense that is very much in flux and is sort of feels like it's in a transition period from the old to the new uh really i think is damaged by the loss of hunter even if he isn't the perfect fit even if he doesn't do exactly what um you want him to do and and, and all that you're still taking away a a a the kind of player who when offensive coordinators are looking at how to attack this defense they're going to say where is 99 like what are we going to do with him how do we neutralize him because I still believe that his ability last year coming off of the injury and playing in a brand new scheme with not a whole lot of success around him to be able to put up the numbers that he did was a testament to his ability and his you know his ability to just kind of dominate in certain stretches. And so you could think that in year two of being in a similar system, even though we will have differences with the Brian Flores version of this scheme, um, all we've heard from Flores and from Kevin O'Connell about what's different this year is you're going to see more aggressiveness, right? You're going to see more physicality, more aggression, more edge. Well, Daniel Hunter brings all of that, and so if you don't have him, how you replace that and what you do, it's going to be a huge, huge challenge for a for a defense that is already has holes, other places, and new guys in other places that it's going to make it very jittery, I think, early on as they, as they start turning this page uh, in a real way.
0: More on this and other topics. Once again, uh, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Here's more on Aquarius Home Services. Ready for worry-free water? Ready to say goodbye to contaminants like forever chemicals and lead? Ready for soft, crystal clear, amazing water? Aquarius Home Services, your independent, authorized Kinetico dealer, can help. Visit KineticoMN.com to schedule your free water analysis today. Check out the John Krasinski Show. We had our friend Steve Terry from TSR Injury Law on this week's episode, talking about the NBA draft and Timberwolves fans' mentality toward that that, uh, show. Here's all you need to know about TSR Injury Law. They will help you any way they can. Uh, They will not charge you unless they win your case. They win lots of cases. Call 612-TSR-TIME. If you are injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. I also want to let you know that uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services. You got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. StarBank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Uh, I attended the uh, memorial held over at Hotel Ivy in downtown Minneapolis for Frank Gilliam. I covered Frank when I first got to town. And uh, he was a really important figure in the franchise's history. He was also a very beloved figure. Everybody loved Frank. He was incredibly laid back. Uh, He was funny, uh, had no ego. He wasn't looking to go Work anywhere else. He he and Jerry who who's essentially his best friend and who hired him here, played football with him at Iowa. Uh, they built so many of the great Viking teams. Uh, they and again, they were not people who were looking to get on TV. They were not looking to get you know. They just but they were just helpful, nice people. I just you know we don't probably have to say a whole lot about Frank that hasn't already been said, but we do need to just just mention him. This I don't think a lot of people. Younger fans, younger media people understand how big a deal Frank Gilliam was, how important he was to this franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you just look at it, um, you know, he joined the team in 1970 and 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 that was the glory days of this franchise. When you think of some of the teams that they built with the talent that was on it to go to, you know, four Super Bowls to, you know, to really dominate a lot, their division Um, uh, Hall of Famers that were drafted and developed, uh, moves that were made. Gilliam was such a huge part of that. Another obvious thing that needs to be mentioned with him is one of the very first black scouts uh, that was hired by a team. And, you know, everyone knows, like, same with black quarterbacks, like, there was a perception for a long time that, you know the the black players or the black people were the athletes and not the thinkers and not the evaluators and and not capable of that obviously that's a a, a ridiculous assertion to make and in, in a in a terrible stereotype but that's what the people like Frank Gilliam were battling against and for him to be one of the first uh black scouts and and talent evaluators and to be a part of a front office that was so successful and, 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 assembled such great teams. It was huge. He's a trailblazer in that way. And, and you just look at some of the people who spoke on his behalf, um, you know, either in sort of remembrances or, or, or the memorials and things, I mean, Jim Marshall and Rykau and Scott Studwell, and like all of these, you know, just giants of this franchise and the respect and the admiration and the love that they had for him. I mean, you're right, Jim, he's, he's probably been lost to history a little bit as, as, as we've gotten into the 2020s. Um, but an, an hugely important name in the foundation of this organization and absolutely deserves all the flowers that, that he is getting in the wake of his death.
0: On top of all of his accomplishments, he was also one of the first uh, Division One black assistant coaches. He worked for Jerry Burns at Iowa. On top of all that, I just remember—you know—we're we're so used to hype. Uh, hype, mm-hmm. covering modern sports, you are used to a combination of hype and defensiveness. You know, people want—they want you to believe that they, that the team they're putting on the field, their star player is the greatest thing that ever happened. They also want to protect that person from any criticism. I just remember dealing with Jerry and Frank. They never BSed. They never, you know, I mean, I remember one time they took a player, I think it must've been one of the Herschel Walker uh, trade drafts where they didn't have any high picks. So their first pick was like the third or fourth round. They drafted somebody and, you know, a small group of us is interviewing them about the draft late at night. And they absolutely did no salesmanship. (laughs) They were not like, Oh, this We got, we found this guy. He's great. They were like, Eh, you know, we'll bring him in and see what he looks like. I mean, there was just, they didn't, not only did they not lie, they didn't spin. And I don't know, I don't know how many people are like that in modern sports.
1: No one is the, is the yeah. answer. Um, And, and it, it also kind of harkens back to a simpler time for, for, uh, you know, lack of a better uh, description of it, because Frank Gilliam came around and certainly came to prominence at a time when, yes, we watched the draft. Yes, it was kind of starting to get to be a big deal in the late 80s and into the 90s, but it certainly wasn't where careers were made. It certainly wasn't how people rose up the ranks. Uh, A lot of times, everyone just looked at the draft as, yeah, we really like this player. We hope he's going to do well, Um, but we don't know. Uh, and there has now in the modern age, there is so much analysis of it. There is so much, um, you know, science, try, try being tr- tried to, science being injected into the process. And there are so many people out there. Some of them are totally genuine and great. And some of them are just grifters who, uh, can f- think that, you know, they can make a name for themselves by being the ones who always identify the right ones and then are, you know, curiously quiet when a bust comes through. And so um, th- there's just a, a whole new cottage industry around the draft, around people, you know, analysts in, within organizations and and in media and and all of this who kind of skyrocket to fame and fortune because of it. And it just never was like that back then. So there was a little bit more of a humility and a little bit more of a um, They just didn't take this themselves as seriously as we see it so often now.
0: They also weren't looking to go, you know, become the next general manager of the New yep. York Giants or to right. get a promotion within the organization. They just liked doing what they're doing. It was like when I talked to Fran Tarkin in the last week about Frank Gilliam, he said they were just always there for you. You know, it was a very, very small organization, very small scouting staff. And I mean, when Jerry hired Frank, those are the only two people in the entire scart- scouting staff for that team. And he said, you know, you went to Frank and Jerry to get, uh, you know, scouting reports on the next week's opponent. You went to him, you know, in the off season to talk about prospects. I mean, it was just, it was so small and so intimate. And of course it can't be that small anymore. Nobody's saying it should, but it, that played perfectly with their, these people's personalities. Also, I, uh, my best wishes to Jerry Reich. He's dealing with some health issues as well right now. And, uh, you know, and, and again, I just I, I have nothing but uh, both admiration and affection for that generation of a of, of Viking employee. They all did so many things to make the to make that organization work.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, there's a reason that this sort of yeah, I mean, we can talk about the disappointments of the Super Bowls or or falling short or whatever, but by and large, the Minnesota Vikings have been a remarkably consistent and competent organization for decades and decades. They've had a few missteps here and there, but largely successful. They get to big games. They don't always or often win them, but they get into big spots and they have built just, you know, a a very proud organization and it all started back then in the sixties and seventies with that group that paved the way, um, you know, with Bud Grant, with Jerry Burns, with Eller and Marshall and page and Tark and, uh, Foreman and all of those. And, you know, it it is, it's harder. It's hard to watch these just icons get older and, and, and age and sort of, and start to slow down and some of them pass on because, the importance that they hold for where this team is right now and how, and the value that they have in this community um it's it's immeasurable and so um you know th- there can be, be no amount of superlatives that are enough for those people because this has been an organization that has largely been good to very good and very rarely embarrassing or um you know inept From a from a competitive standpoint, and I do think there are strands that extend from 2023 all the way back to 1972 and and connect this whole thing together. And it's a reason why this this franchise has been as good as it has been, even if it has not gotten to the mountaintop yet.
0: Yep. Hey, uh, if you go to talknorth.com, you'll find Jeff Diamond's show. uh, Really good insights on how these negotiations could proceed. Uh, You'll find the John Krasinski show on the Timberwolves. You'll find John Millay and Preps, uh, Chin Music Show with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Neal, which is one of my favorite shows to do. Uh, Tons of hockey content, uh, variety, lifestyle, outdoor content. Check it all out at talknorth.com. If you like a show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. That's the Easiest way to listen. It is also absolutely free for today. Let's get a couple. Let's get final thoughts uh, from John and myself. I'll just offer this in a weird kind of final thought. Next week, if uh, there are no major news developments for the Vikings, I think we'll kick around some fun topics. Uh, You know, how many division leaders are going to repeat? What are the who who is really the Vikings' main competition in this division? Uh, You know, where is uh, Dalvin Cook going to sign? We'll throw out a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, So that's my final thought for today. John, your final thought.
1: Yeah, uh, two things quickly, and I think we'll get into more lately, but the, all of a sudden now it's possible that DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook are a package deal. Um, I saw some suggestion about that, and that that was interesting. Um, but – uh
0: I try uh, to buy
1: it, but it's interesting. I don't buy it either. Yep, I don't I, – it's just, it's just really interesting how these things come about. But then um, I think we will get into it more next week, but it has been enjoyable to – watch a Stefan Diggs yes. uh, drama unfold from afar instead yes. of being in the middle of it. And, um, and it, that's just been very, very interesting to see how that goes. Again, I, I love Diggs, the player. I think that there's certain, certain things you just have to, to, to deal with with players of that talent sometimes. But the Buffalo Bills are dealing with it right now. And that has been very, very intriguing to keep an eye on.
0: Yes, uh, we could have done a whole show on digs. I wanted to get to other things today. Next week, we will definitely weigh in on digs and probably you know what the Vikings running back room will really, how it would really function. Uh, so for today, thanks for listening to the Viking Update Show. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and we'll talk to you next week.